You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. We are previewing... Texas Longhorns game at TCU with the voice of the TCU Horn Frogs. You hear him every morning, weekday morning, 5 to 9 in the morning on WBAP, the award-winning broadcaster, Brian Estridge, one of my one of my buds in this business. Brian, how you doing? Chip, it's good to see your face, man. I, you know, it's good to see anybody's face. Finally, after all we've been through for the last two years, and I'm glad to see smiles again, man. I know I'm actually coming to Fort Worth to sit in the press box, and about that, hopefully, we're not going to have like lightning delays like we did in uh, 2013. Don't look at the weather forecast, and brother, don't look at it. I know the weather looks a little <laughs> dodgy. <laughs> yeah, but, right. Um, but uh, Brian, I we got to talk because mm-hmm. I'm sitting there watching you know, the TCU SMU game. And, and then I go away from it and then I come back and TCU gives up 595 yards of offense, including 350 yards rushing. I've never seen that in my life from a <laughs> Gary Patterson defense. Yeah. Only one other time that was against OU. I mean, you know, and it's, uh, it's a rare occurrence, that's for sure. It's like we saw a unicorn on Saturday in uh, in Fort Worth. But give credit to Sonny Dykes. He's got a, man, he's got a good football team. I really believe that. Tanner Mordecai played well, the quarterback from down in uh, Waco. And they, and they ran the ball. They just gashed TCU up front. And Gary made a point of saying that uh, in his press conferences this week, that, hey, they were the hammer. Uh, SMU was a hammer, and we were just the nail. And, that you know, you don't usually say that about a TCU defense. So, Back to work they go. I mean, you can point to a couple of reasons why, but that's going to sound like you're making excuses. And let, let's just face it, you got to beat by a better team on Saturday, and now you got to refocus and get ready for a, a team that's playing as well as anybody in the league right now. Well, how did SMU do it? I mean, was it outside zone? I mean, I know Ulysses Bentley, I think Pro Football Focus has him rated as the number one running back in college football. Uh, I don't know how much of that was related to – last Saturday's game against TCU, but, um, you know, Ulysses Bentley, how did they do it? Yeah. A little split back stuff that they, that, uh, TCU said they hadn't seen since guess who Oklahoma. <laughs> and, uh, that's where, uh, you know, Lincoln's, um, brother brings it into SMU and they, they hadn't really seen that. And so that's what did it for him because you had two guys in the backfield. You had to, you couldn't key on one, but as he pointed out, he still had se- se- He still had seven guys in the box. Uh, and, and they only had six blockers. So he, he said, you know, I, I still had to write numbers, but we obviously didn't have them positioned correctly. Uh, and so I think they're back to the uh, drawing board on some of that stuff. As he talked about uh, on the back end too, there was some communication issues, I think as well, Chip. I mean, they did a decent job on the re- on the receivers of SMU when they, when they did throw it, Calcaterra was kind of, he was fairly quiet who I think is a terrific tight end for them. Yeah. The but former talked- OU tight end. Exactly. Right? Exactly. It was, o- it was OU light. Okie light, as they say. The uh, but we were we were seeing new guys in that defensive backfield for TCU. You, you lost Bud Clark, uh, you 
lost uh, McGuinn, so you had to move some guys around. T.J. Carter ended up starting uh, at one of the quarter, corner spots, and so it was kind of a shuffle back there. Again, though, that, uh, it sounds like you're making excuses. It's not because, I mean, I, I just think Sonny and those had a better game plan on Saturday. Well, and Sonny used to be with Gary as an analyst. Yeah, so he knows all the he knows the secret sauce, uh, and and you know as I, I told I told Coach Patterson one time I said you know as your as your coaching tree gets bigger, the good news is your coaching tree gets bit, bigger. The bad news is your coaching tree gets bigger. You see him, you know there were four guys who were on his staff came through the TCU program on that SMU sideline. Well, they know what's going to happen to TCU. Add into the fact that, you know, Lincoln Riley, who knows TCU as well as anybody, just in coaching against Gary, you know, his his brothers, the offensive coordinator. So you add all that into the mix, you know, you, you, it's hard to overcome it sometimes. And I, I think that's going to be the challenge uh, for Gary Patterson for a while at some places, especially against SMU. Yeah. Well, what uh, – uh, and they gave up some yards to Cal, over 400 yards to Cal. Yeah, and, and and again, I, I think Cal, Cal, a lot of that was through the air too, um, you know. And, and Bill Musgrave, the offensive coordinator for Cal, I thought called a great game. You could tell Chip that there was an NFL influence. He he was he was playing the matchup game. He got the matchup that he wanted, got the right receiver on the uh, on the DB that he wanted, and he wore him out uh, until that guy finally made a play. And then he'd find another one, and he'd wear that guy out until he made a play. And so that was an NFL-called game. And so TC was lucky to get out of that California game with a win. Uh, you know, didn't do it against SMU. Now, now they're going to see a team that's that's better than those two that uh, you, you you just played really close games in. So we'll see what comes of it. Well, let's let's focus on TCU. I mean, um, at Big 12 Football Media Days, Gary was very excited about his his guys up front on defense, uh, the defensive line, the depth. Um, what what are we seeing? Who are who are the guys that uh, Gary's going to be counting on this week to to get everything right? I think the one guy he's going to count on is Corey Bethley, who was not there Saturday against SMU earlier in the week in practice, got rolled up on. Looks like he's going to be back for this game uh, against Texas. But this is a big guy inside that really is a run stopper for this defense. And, and not having him Saturday, I think, made a difference. But Terrell Cooper up front, Earl Barquette, two big guys uh, that uh, they can clog that middle. Pa- Patrick Jenkins is another guy who uh, brings some, uh, some girth in there. But to me, the story has been an end. Chip, where O'Shawn Mathis has played his tail off uh, and, and may have played his best game of the year last week against SMU, uh, created a created an interception with pressure on the quarterback at once was you know was in chase all day long of Tanner Mordecai, but not having Kyrie Coleman at the other end for these first three games. I think it's made it much more difficult on Oshon. They've been able to double him some, chip on him some, because Dylan Horton is not is a good player, but he's not Kyrie Coleman. You saw that last year in the freshman year that Kyrie had. And so getting him back this week against Texas, I think, makes a big difference for this defense. Uh, and, and I think also adding Noah Daniels on the back end. You know, I know we were talking about the front, but, I, you know, adding Noah Daniels on the back end at safety. Uh, he'll be back this week against uh, against Texas. I think that makes this group better. It makes them older, guy with some reps back there as well. So I, I think that makes a big difference. But if you're talking about the front four, you know, it's it's got to be if, – if your front four is Corey Bethley and Terrell Cooper at tackle and O'Shawn Mathis and Kyrie Coleman at end, you're okay. Now you got terrific depth, depth as you talked about back there, but you know it, there is a drop off. Let's just face it in college football when you go from your ones to your twos, and I think that was evident on Saturday against SMU. 
Um, okay, so um, the strength of the TCU defense. I mean, we're used to uh, the linebackers, you know, yep. Garrett Wallow, who who are sort of at, at mission control. Who's who's the linebacker that you gotta keep an well, eye? It's got to be D winners and D didn't play great uh, Saturday against SMU. And that's not coming from me. That's coming from Gary. Uh, he, he, but his first couple of games had been terrific uh, against uh, Cal. He was all over the field uh, and, and was in control. And as you talked about that, that kind of quarterback for this defense, D's got to be that guy. He's got to play better this week against, against Texas. Wyatt Harris at linebacker is a guy you're continuing to kind of grow up back there. Got the pick uh, against, uh, against SMU on the uh, tip by O'Shawn Mathis. He's a guy that's kind of growing into the position. Jamoy Hodge is another guy they're kind of counting on, uh, who's been battling injury, real athletic, can run like the wind, transfer in here from LSU is a guy who they're counting on as well. So there's a couple of guys out there uh, that you that you that uh, you want to see be the guy, but D Winters has got to be the guy, uh, and he's got to play a lot better on. Uh, he's got to play a lot better on Saturday. Well, how how did Gary react to this game after? Like immediately after in post game, uh, because obviously his defense is usually the solution, not part of the problem. How did he handle it right in post game, and then how did he sound uh, today? Yeah, and that's that's a good question. By the way, Jamoy Hodge, not from LSU. Yeah, he, uh, he was at Nebraska. The uh, yeah yeah he, he was um, he 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 said it's on me. I got to get it fixed. They paid me to get it fixed. Uh, but he also said, you know, there were a couple of things that he's got to do. He's got to reduce the communication, meaning there was so much piled on these young safeties going into that SMU game plan that he felt like they were thinking instead of, you know, they were reacting uh, instead of instead of being, you know, instead of being the uh, hammer, they were the nail. And so I think you're going to see him simplify things a little bit more defensively. I, I think he wants to see a little bit more of a, a physical edge to this team. Um, you know, I, I think he liked the fact that it, I don't know if you saw it after the game, SMU and TCU kind of had a little rumble midfield, uh, SMU was going to stake the flag at the 50, some of the TCU guys pushed back and he, he said, I was glad to see that. I'll be honest with you. I wish I'd have seen it more in the game, yeah. uh, more of the pushback. So I, I think all those sorts of things came into play. He said, you know, when, when you get the ball in the red zone, like our offense did three times, he, this, that was his quote, uh, like our offense did three times, you got to score. Uh, you you got to get points on that, and they didn't. They only got three points out of three turnovers. Did that TCU offense? So, I think there's a whole host of things. But he was, you know, I I think he was disappointed in how things ended up at midfield after the game. But I think he was also disappointed in the job that he did and the and the job that his team did after SMU. Yeah, that's another point about that uh, SMU game. The the TCU defense came up with three interceptions. Yeah, in that game, and only got three points yeah. out of it. And how many times were they in the red zone? Three times, and 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 then you and then you had a fumble at the two yard line to start the second half. Uh, you know, so that was another thing by where Max Duggan by Max Duggan, and you, you just can't you just can't do that. So, you know, I mean, listen, let let let's face it. This is not one of those uh, where you point to one guy and say he lost it. it. It was a total team effort, as they like to say in a in a good win. It was a total team effort and a loss here too. Well, um, Steve Sarkeesian said he's. He said, we're not going to fall for the lie that we're going to see the same TCU team um, that we saw against SMU. And Brian, I was looking at it. TCU is two and eight the last 10 years in the game before Texas. 
And of course, they're seven and two against Texas. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't really matter what TCU yeah. looked like the week before because they always seem to put it together for the Longhorns, don't they? You think they get up for that game, Chip? I mean, do you I think? think that, I think you're right. I mean, you know, that's it's because it's a perfect game for for the Gary Patterson mantra. You know, and and you've been around him enough to to know that he coaches with a chip on his shoulder. You know that his program is run with a chip on his shoulder. That you know everybody. You know that that they don't get enough respect, or you know you were you you're you're not a blue blood, or whatever whatever it is he uses to motivate himself. And and I think that spills over into his players. And 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 you know, hey, Texas didn't recruit you. Texas didn't think you were good enough. You you know you had to come to lowly TCU. And so I think that's what brings that out of them on that Saturday when they take on the Longhorns that, hey, I wouldn't, they didn't think I was good enough to play here. I'm going to prove them wrong. You know, that's how Gary Patterson has lived his life, proving people wrong. And I, I think it, uh, I think his teams, the good teams that he has, the older teams that he has, has had over the years, I think they epitomize that sort of thing that, hey, I, I, I'm going to prove these guys wrong. Yeah. Gary always says you're either proving people right or you're proving them wrong. Right. And this year he was hoping to be proving people right because a lot yeah. of people felt like TCU was a team that could could challenge for the for the Big 12 title. And who knows what's going to happen in the Big 12? Who you like so far? I mean, that's my thing. Is oh that you know? Gosh. I mean, you got to look at Baylor and go. They're playing as well as anyone, don't you? Wow. How about uh, how about Grimes coming in from BYU yeah. and, and just totally remaking that offense from what Larry Fedora had going. And now Baylor's offense is a rolling ball of butcher knives, as exactly. Mike Dykes used to say. Yeah, and I, th I thought Iowa State looked slow. Yeah. And, and I was counting on Iowa State looking good. I mean, I thought, you know, Oklahoma State's going to be a team that's going to be in the mix. You know that. They're playing better. K-State at the first of the year, we saw them. Thought, oh, they're going to be good. And that, you know, they didn't play so well against Okie. You know, hey, we're going to find out a lot this week, I think. Yeah, K-State gets OU and yep. K-State has a two-game winning streak against the Sooners and and then uh, Oklahoma State we got to see they play Baylor right yeah we yeah. got to see if they're for real and if Baylor uh has has more than we thought certainly yeah. more than I thought and then this TCU Texas game right. I mean one of these teams is going to come out of here you know feeling good about the rest of the season the other one's going to be worried I mean the other one's going to be licking their chops a little bit like I don't know if we, you know, that can't happen again. So, right. and then, and then West Virginia, where'd that come from? You know, I didn't, I didn't see that at all. Pretty good defense. Neil Brown. I thought they took some hits on defense from last year, losing two fields and, and uh, one of the, the stills brothers up front, but they're playing really, really well. Almost beat OU. If they, yep. the receiver doesn't drop that pass in the back of the end zone, right. but let's get to the TCU offense, yeah. Brian, because Max Duggan, well, actually, before we get to the TCU offense, let's take a break um, here with Brian Esters, the voice of the TCU Horn Frogs. Um, we'll take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
make sure you're subscribing to the horns 24 7 youtube channel so you can watch taylor and i make fools of ourselves at the state <laughs> fair of texas um but brian you know max duggan he's 2-0 and against texas and i mean all he's ever known is beating the longhorns yeah another one that gets up for this game. I mean, uh, and, and, you know, he's done it with his feet as much as anything uh, against Texas. He, you know, he's been aggressive in the run game. Uh, you know, I, I think it's kind of game that in, in years past has been set up for him uh, to do that because I'm not so sure Texas thought a lot, a lot of him, at least that was their perception that folks had, Hey, they, you know, what, what, what can Max do against this defense? And he, he went out with something to prove he's a lot different. I'll be honest with you, uh, Chip, I, I, I you know, I, I, not just because I, I call the games at TCU, but he's a, he, he's a guy you want to pull for. He's a good kid. He works his tail off, hates to lose. Reminds me a ton of Andy Dalton about the right things. He's the kind of guy that you want your daughter to marry. You know, he's just one of those. And so he's going to work, you know, and, and, and you know, it's um, probably a little bit of an overachiever. Uh, let's, let's face it. There are some people who still uh, have question marks about it, but the guy can make the throws Had a couple drops on Saturday that were huge that if they, you know, if, if Quentin Johnson hangs on to him, maybe difference makers in this game. So, you know, I, I think he's a guy that's really progressed. And, and you know, the thing that I've been telling folks all year, because before when the season started, you know, start doing the media rounds, Chip, you know, people say, well, is he going to take that next step? You know, is Max going to take that next step at quarterback? And my thing, Chip, is, okay, what is that next step? Is that next step a, a, a baby step to the next level? Or are you saying that Max Duggan needs to take one giant leap for mankind? Uh, because I don't see it that way. I, I think there are some subtle little things in his game that he's worked on in the offseason that has gotten him to that next level. I think he's an upper echelon quarterback in this league. Well, he's. I, I found it interesting that he's the second leading rusher, I think, to yeah. you right now and that and then I looked at the receiver numbers and I thought maybe they should have more catches and I'm wondering is is Duggan taking off no I, in fact he's taking off less than he was okay uh, yeah it, it, because I, I would say that that would have been an argument you could make last year that it, all too often he took off uh, and and didn't have faith in his receivers. And maybe some of that was because of the offensive line issues last year. But one of the things that he's worked on this year is getting the ball out on time. Uh, you know, he he wasn't great at that last year. And so I, I, I think that 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 um you you see him getting it off on time more. Part of the problem, well, not problem, I shouldn't say that. Part of the issue, uh, Chip is TCU's run the option more this year than at any time than all of last year. They've already run more option this year than they did all of last year. True option, true down the line option uh, with him, and so I think that's why you're seeing those those rush numbers up. He's been successful at it, but let's face it, you know how college football is. Uh, a quarterback like that can't take that kind of beating for for 12, 13 weeks. Just just not going to last. So, you know, maybe, maybe it's getting this offense settled in. Maybe it's getting this run game or game settled in with these running backs. Uh, you know what? Here's another expl explanation for it. Amari DiMicardo, uh was unavailable uh, two weeks ago. Uh, was only available for special teams this week. So there's a senior running back, uh, and Demarque Foster was injured as well. So you, against Cal. You had uh, Zach Evans going for the big numbers, and that was because he had to get the majority of the carries, and that's where Max Duggan was the second leading carrier in that game, rusher in that game as well. So some of that probably played into it as well. Well, Sonny Cumbie moved on to Texas Tech. And Good news. One of the best dudes in the world, isn't he? Great guy. Great yeah. guy. Love him. And Doug Meacham and Jerry Kill. Now, I'm always trying to figure out 
who's really running the show on offense at TCU? What's who's calling the plays, Brian? And and yeah, what? Jerry and we're assuming Gary's not right. Uh, right. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, because uh, there's some influence there too. You know, I, I I think what it is to be honest with you, Chip, is I, I think it is a Jerry Kill influenced offense with the actual play caller being Doug Meacham. Uh, and I also think that uh, the, Jerry kills like the governor. He's got veto power, uh, and so I, th- I and and he I think he's got line item veto too. He can he can veto little parts of things as well. And so yeah, I, I think he's got veto power over it. Um, and I think there'll also be the influence factor of okay, here's what we want to do on this drive. You know, because if it was up up to Doug Meacham, he'd throw four streaks. You know, he I mean, it would just be you know three verticals. Let's go. Uh, and I think Jerry will will say, hey, listen, here's what we're gonna do. Let let's let's run the ball here. Let's get this established. Let's try to get something to tight in. Let's check down. Hey, don't forget about our screen game. Blah 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 blah. I think I think that's where Jerry Kill's influence is. When when you look at the TCU offense, um, it's been productive. Yeah. Right. I mean, forty oh, four points. Yeah, I mean, hard, hard to, I mean Alex, it's a, Zach Evans. Most athletic offensive line since I've been here, and I've been here 21, 22 years. Uh, most athletic offensive line, probably the deepest one. Uh, you, you got a quarterback in Max Duggan, who we've talked about. Uh, when they're healthy, you got four really good running backs: Zach Evans, Kendra Miller, uh, Demarque Foster, and uh, and Amari uh, DiMicardo. Zach Evans is a, is a, an, an amazing talent. You knew that. You knew that coming out of out of high school. And committed to Georgia, was headed to, headed there. Had 190 yards the other day on 22 carries a couple of weeks ago. He's averaging a, he's, almost eight yards a carry. Yeah, I, I think that's still number one in, in among active runners in, in in the NCAA in his career right now. Uh, this guy's a special player. He, he is a special running back. You got wide receivers that uh, that can play any game you name. Uh, you got Quentin Johnson and Savion Williams, who are big, tall guys that can go get it on the edge. Um, you, you, Quincy Brown's another one who's going to come on. You're going to see him play a lot uh, this week. You got you got those slot guys and Darius Davis, who pound for pound is the strongest guy on the team. Uh, you, you got J.D. Spillman, who. You know, left Nebraska as the number two all-time receiver in Cornhusker history. Why he left, uh, you know, lucky for TCU. But, man, if I'm number two, I'm finishing number one. Right. Uh, you know? Uh, but J.D. Spillman, a, a guy who helps you not only in that in that slot, but in the uh, in the return game. You got uh, Blair Conright, who's a, a guy with great hands. So, again, you, you, you got all the tools there. And you're right. The numbers have been solid. But, but, but. You get three chances off turnovers last week, and you don't cash in on them. That's yeah. you know that's not what good offenses do, and I think that's what Gary Patterson's focused on. Yeah, and special teams. How you mentioned JD Spillman in the return game. Yeah. What uh, what else? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think Jordy Sandys and uh, you know uh, like every team in America, an Australian punter. Uh, and uh, but but Jordy's really good. He's been able to flip the field a couple of times. He's had a good year. Griffin Kell's been fairly consistent when he's missed one or two on the year. I think it field goal has been perfect on PATs, has decent range. Uh, you know, he was a protege of Jaden Oberchrome, who was a great kicker here a couple of years ago, uh, an Arlington kid. And so, you know, I, I think special team-wise have been solid. The return game probably hasn't been as good as it has been in the past. You know, Chip, this has been a team that usually in, in, uh, in the non-conference especially is going to break one or two for a score uh, in the return game. They haven't done that this year. They've been close. Um, but I, I think you may see a little bit more of Darius Davis in that return game. You know, he's got a little extra gear, maybe that JD doesn't have. JD Spillman's kind of shifty. Darius is a is a is a streaky guy, runs on a 
four three something forty. So uh, you know he he can haul the mail. So I, I think that uh, you know that's probably left a little bit to be desired for Gary. But they don't take a lot of chances in special teams. You know that this is not um, this is not a team that they don't run a lot of fakes. They don't do anything like that. They don't try to you know they don't try to block a lot of punts. They just they want to be consistent. They're going to play field. Uh, they're going to play field position with you. You know, and try to you know set their offense up for uh, success. So. This is Texas's first road game in Big 12 play. Of course, it's the first road game in Big 12 play since they announced they were going to the SEC with OU yeah. um, in the near future, whenever yeah. that is. Right. How how salty is, is the atmosphere going to be for the Longhorns on Saturday at 11 a.m. at, uh, at A.B. Carter? That'll, that'll be interesting. I'm, I'm anxious to see um, – I'm anxious to see what the welcome mat for Chris Del Conte looks like. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't. I don't, I'm anxious to see how that that goes over. You know, um, I I don't know that coming, and you know this. I don't know that coming to Fort Worth will be the toughest atmosphere that Texas plays in. Uh, but I but I think there are some hurt Horn Frog fans. I mean, you just look at the economic impact, and you and I have talked about that 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 it's going to have on the city of Fort Worth. Um, you know that that you know those. You wonder if those two athletic directors thought about that, the impact that they were having on Fort Worth and Waco and Lubbock when they decided to make this move, uh, $500 million or whatever it is going to mean to the state of Texas. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think I think people understand that. I think they realize that that, that's, that sucks, <laughs> that, that that's not good. But, hey, you know, uh, all you can do is go out and win football games, and I think that's what TCU is going to try to do on Saturday. And, uh, you know, I, I think it'll be emotional. I don't think there'll be any question about that. But uh, yeah, it'll it'll be fun to see what the reception for Chris Connie's like. Well, what did what did the uh, what did Gary Patterson and the the TCU players say about Texas and how different yeah. they may or may not look from look, years past? Here's a, here to me is a dead giveaway of respect from Gary Patterson. Uh, he he was very complimentary of Sark and what he's done uh, so far. But you, you you know how Gary is, Chip. When he said this, when he said they play a lot harder on special teams, uh, and that to that that's how Gary judges a football team. If you play hard on special teams, he knows that that coach has got him. And uh, to me, that and he, and I don't know. We'd have to go back to Mac. I'll be honest with you. When Gary has said that about a Texas team on on, on special teams. And so that that to me tells you a little something about his respect level for Sark right there. That's really interesting. That yeah. He also said, "Hey, that offense reminds him of Alabama." I mean, that's what he's studying up on. He said so. Uh, you know that uh, hey, Sark's doing what he did at Alabama, where they were su- super successful. And uh, he said, "Hey, you, you got to stop the run against these guys because he ain't going to stop running it." Uh, you know, until you do. So um, I, I think he's. I think he knows he's in for a physical game coming up on Saturday. How do you how do you see this one? you know, playing out, Brian, you've, you've watched this TCU team for years. You've seen them go seven and two against Texas the last nine years. What do you, what do you see for this one? Why do I feel like, and, and, and walk me out of this chip. Why do I feel like we're not in for a high scoring game? Yeah. I don't feel like I, I, I guess I gave tech uh, too much respect on defense last week. I thought that one might be, yeah. Whoops. I don't think we're in for 70. Yeah, no. I, I don't, I don't, for some reason in my head, I've got this one as a 24 16 kind of game. Yeah. Maybe even less. I just, I don't know. I think Gary Patterson's going to get his defense charged up. I think he knows Texas's defense is, is, is pretty salty. Uh, 
I, I, yeah, I just, for some reason, I, I think we're in for a, what's that old, that slobber knocker. Yeah, I think slobber knocker. Yeah. I think we're in for one of those. I think it's just going to be from the get go physical. Uh, and, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see both these teams, how they, how they respond, uh, in, in, in this atmosphere. Let's see what it looks like. Well, and TCU getting guys back on defense yeah. like Corey Bethley. Um, I mean, that makes a difference. He's a game changer. Yeah. Deshaun McEwen at safety makes a difference. Uh, Noah Daniels uh, on the back end makes a big difference for them as well. So I, I think all those things, you know, offense, you didn't play the second half with Steve Avila at center. Uh, you know, you went from 330 to 295 at center. Um, I, I think that makes a big difference. Steve will, Steve will be back this week. So, you know, you're starting to get some guys back. I think uh, here's the other one, Kari Coleman up front on, at defensive end. Uh, Chip, to have him back, I, I think will make a difference for this defense. So it may, you know, even if it's not Kari making plays, it frees up O'Shawn Mathis on the on the other side. So I, I just think that, you know, I think, I think Sark's right. I don't think it'll be the same TCU team. Yeah, uh, I, 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 don't, I don't think it will be. So, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, you know, 11 o'clock kick. Let's hope the weather holds off for us. If there's one thing we've learned, it's that it's never the TCU team that played the week before. That's right. <laughs> Texas. Yeah, that's right. Brian, great stuff as always, my friend. I, I love the conversation in yeah. season, out of season. Um, really appreciate the time. Always appreciate it, brother. Thank you. All right, for Brian Estrich, voice of the TCU Horn Frogs, and of course you can hear him weekday mornings on WBAP Radio in Dallas, Fort Worth. I am Chip Brown. Thanks for listening to the flagship podcast preview of the Texas TCU game. Until next time, stay safe and keep the faith. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.